welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, and uh, as we said last week, uh, Robert would not be joining me for this particular episode. He's fine, nothing's actually happened to him, but uh, it is, because um, uh, we usually plan on recording on Sunday, although I'm doing this a day early, uh, he decided to combine his birthday with Mother's Day, because his birthday was on Friday, so... Uh, yeah, I said to him, and I mentioned, of course, on the show last week, that I said, hey, I may just kind of whip up a, um, solo episode, um, which would have been episode 300, but obviously, as you've seen from the title, this is 299.5. Um, I do have some things planned next week for a 300th episode, so I look forward to all of that. So we got a bit of a shorter show today. I've got, um, two news pieces uh, one of which is quite big, and one of which is just a little fun kind of thing, and some uh, some updated game impressions. So this might be a lot of a, a lot shorter of a show than than usual. Um, but uh, no, apart from that, I'm doing good and everything. Um, it's been a a day, obviously, with the May United game and watching Doctor Strange and everything. But uh, yeah, I thought um, I still got a bit of time tonight, so I'll just do this episode now, and then tomorrow I can have. Uh, open day to do whatever so there we go um all right let's get into what i've been playing then um i've been playing a game called the medium which is from uh a a dev team called blooper team now what's interesting about blooper team they have been the dev that's attached to the rumored uh silent hill game which i still believe is not in development i still believe the the rumored metal gear solid and castlevania games are not real are not in development i might be wrong about that at some point but so far we have nothing announced um for either of those games but um blooper team was the name that was attached to the rumor for the silent hill game not the metal gear solid one um which uh given i've played a couple of hours i would say three hours maybe of the medium it makes sense that you would attach them to a silent hill game and why the rumor has attached them to it i just don't believe that it's actually a silent hill game in development but uh, anyway that aside um i like this game i'm intrigued by this game it's got some things that are going for it and some things that are going against it um i actually don't know much at all about blooper team um, I do believe they were probably attached to the Silent Hill rumor after this game came out. Um, I, I've even seen in some reviews and little bits online and stuff about the medium that it's uh, it's Silent Hill esque, which I I haven't like I haven't actually ever played the Silent Hill games. I've I've seen some gameplay of them though, and it it does have some similarities. Um, yeah, I, I like it so far. I'm intrigued by it. The story is very weird and interesting. Um, and on a level... I mean, I mean, in terms of like... Because in my uh, How Games Can Evolve podcast... The two main points from that were interactivity and animation. This game's got some very interesting interactivity and some mechanics. Obviously, you can put mechanics into the same category as interaction because it's how you go through the process of playing the game that you're playing um through interacting with different mechanics and whatnot um this game doesn't really have much going for it in terms of animation but um that the the way that i would look at that would almost be a kind of a bonus for this game because it's going for something kind of 
it, I mean, it's in a complimentary sort of way, but it's going for this kind of flatter, simpler approach. And it kind of works for it. And when I'm playing through this game, at times I think like, oh, this is a cool little idea, or this is kind of intriguing and, and whatnot. Um, but I can tell it was made on a bit of a budget. I don't know if this is an indie team or a double A AA or a AAA team because again I don't know anything really about blooper team. Uh it doesn't feel like a triple A game though, but this does feel you know those indie games that you find in, you know, th- those hidden indie sort of gem games that you find and you think, okay, this isn't the most impressive thing you've ever played. But it's just very it's got some it's got something that's hooking you, something very interesting, and that is right where the medium sits. Um, a few things it does really, really well. Uh, the atmosphere is really, really good. You always think you you always feel like something's watching your character. Um, Marianne is the character's name. Uh, you always feel like something is watching her, or something is about to happen. And uh, not necessarily at the start when you're in the in the house, but basically from when you leave the house until where I am, which is I've just got to this like hotel section. Um, you always feel like something is watching you, and through both through music and through having, because um, the music is used pretty well, both through that and different camera angles, um, and how quiet the game is at certain points. That you at certain points, <clears throat> you can just hear Marianne's footsteps and whatnot, and it does a very very good job with its uh, with its atmosphere. Um, so it does a really really good job with that, and I I, I really like that about the game. Uh, so it's got that going for it. Uh, it's got a fixed camera angle, uh, which is interesting. So you can't rotate the camera. You just m- most of the time what you're doing is walking around, obviously with the left stick. At one point, you the game tells you how to run when you get into a bit more of an open area. Uh, you just hold L2 and you get this little jog animation. Um, you interact with things by pressing square. Um, the interactivity with that is a little bit more limited, but I'll talk about a particular interesting mechanic in in, in a moment. Um, so the interactivity with that is a little bit more limited. That's kind of basically just, um, hey, go to this store. Oh, I haven't got the key. Got to look around for the key. Oh, I can pop open the, um, trunk or whatever you'd call it. Uh, the, 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 um, front of the car, uh... The hood, I suppose it's called, or what, what, whatever. Um, you pop that open, and oh, there's some keys in there, and then you can go you, grab that, go back to the door, unlock the door. Um, it is very kind of basic things like that, but the game doesn't really give you an expectation that you're going to get anything more than that. But um, as far as very good with with all of that, as I said, uh, you know, lo- location-wise, the locations you visit are very interesting, very kind of creepy. Uh, leaves you with some questions as to like what happened in this area, you know, um, why is nobody here uh, as well? Um, so that's a really kind of interesting piece to the game. Um, the most interesting mechanic here is as the medium itself. Uh, at certain points in the game, what will happen is Marianne will have like a headache kind of reaction I don't know how else to sort of describe it like something she'll interact with an object and she'll get sort of triggered by it and um, it will open up a alternate world and you have uh, the dark world and normal world and you're controlling Marianne still with the left stick and you move around in both screens 
but what you do is because the two worlds are then different you interact with one and it affects the other uh, so for example there's uh, this part where you're in uh, this underground bunker-ish sort of place and on your left screen in the normal world there's a gate that you can't unlock and then in the um, other world you go to this little power box thing you do something to it and it like creates electricity and it opens the gate um it's quite good it's it's quite interesting and um, the way that's done i've only come across like two situations where that's been like a major factor uh, although where i left the game a couple of hours ago i had another one to do so i'm right on the the next one um but i've looked up apparently the game is about eight hours which seems reasonable for this type of game um but yeah so far it's good it's not blowing me away it's not d- disappointing me but it's it's very intriguing to me i'm interested to see where this story goes and what's going on with this mystery and everything so that's uh pretty good i also did look up this game's not on ps4 so uh that's interesting so it's a next gen only game uh speaking of next gen stuff as well um you it doesn't happen often but now and again there's a little bit haptic feedback going on and it's pretty good when it does attempt to do it it's pretty good Although, the the way this game handles haptic feedback and vibration, control of vibrations is a little strange. Because now and again, um, like I was doing this thing where I had to shimmy through a gap, right? And it was giving me like control of vibrations and stuff. But just normal, like, uh, uh, just normal, just like kind of vibrations and that. Um, and then there'd be other parts where there's this ball that gets dropped down a set of stairs at one point, And you can feel the you know the, the the tap of the ball on each stair as it's coming down that's specifically haptic feedback um there's also a part when you get outside and it's raining and you can feel little pitter patters of the rain on the controller a little bit similar to the way the astro bot does it actually and when those moments come up i'm like oh bit haptic feedback and then sometimes it doesn't do it for things and then sometimes it just does normal controller vibrations so it's a good attempt um and I, I appreciate the attempt at that. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting, intriguing game. And I'm definitely going to continue with it. I'm curious to see where it goes. So there's that. Uh, so that's, that's the main game that I am continuing to play at the moment. Um, I mentioned on uh, Twitter. Because I was speaking to somebody on Twitter. And uh, it's, it's this person called um, Canadian Guy A. Um, who's a content creator who I very much have respect for and whatnot. Um, he tweeted that he's got a new video about Spyro 4, his uh, like theory and stuff that he's got on it. Um, and I replied to him and said, like, hey, I kind of might dip back into Spyro. It didn't really click for me in the first time I played it. Um, but I, I, like, had it sent to me and I'm going to give it another shot. It arrived today. It installed within about half an hour. It, I just don't think these Spyro games are for me. Now, if a fourth Spyro game comes out, I'll give it a try. Because you can do new interesting ideas. It's just something about the gameplay. I almost feel like if Spyro took Crash's formula, so the corridor thing that you do in Crash, that you could make Spyro a bit more linear. And the game might flow a bit better from that. You also probably could benefit from doing the same thing with like Jack and Daxter as well i don't think ratchet and clank would work with that and yeah all these games are kind of linear in a way like you push forward to the next area push forward to the next area but i feel like the corridor thing that crash has got i i would be curious to see what a spyro game could do with that because 
although you can charge around and you can glide and stuff, I found I just find Sparrow to be a bit slow, a bit methodical. I don't think it's a bad game, certainly, but it just doesn't have kind of the thrill and the pacing that the Crash games do, to me. Um, and like my my standard of what's good for a platformer games is the Crash games. Because um, I think that they're the best ones. Jack and Dexter's even slower than Spyro. Um, it's not an issue with Spyro specifically being slow. Because again you can charge around and stuff. It's, I don't like the, the level design and things like that. And it, just, it just feels like I'm just kind of plodding through it. And it just it, it just didn't click and just didn't work. But I, I wanted to try it again. And I did. But I think for me with Spyro. I'll just see what they do with a Crash 4. If a Crash 4 happens. I think we probably will get a Crash 4. Um, but, uh, no, it just, it just simply didn't click for me, which is perfectly fine. Um, that's pretty much most of that, I think. Um, got the quarry coming out on June 10th, obviously June 22nd. Um, we've got the, um, what do you call it? PS Plus, uh, changing, obviously, with the, the classic games. So I'm looking forward to that. So I'm going to go through the medium, see what I can get out of that. Probably finish that within the next... If if I'm playing it this time next week, I'll be kind of surprised because I think I've got a little bit more time next week. Um, so I'll be playing it quite regularly. I'll try and play quite a lot of it tomorrow. I'm not trying to rush through it. I'm just trying to put time into it. Um, so there's uh, all of that. Um, oh, uh, by the way, I will be went mentioning Last of Us 2 in this episode, uh, mainly because I've been playing that as well. Uh, there's also a piece of news not directly related to Last of Us 2, but involves Last of Us 2. So I went through, this is the last thing I've got to talk about for game impressions and stuff. I finished my permadeath per chapter playthrough for The Last of Us Part 2. And as many of you know, if you've been listening for even a couple of months, um, obviously if you've been listening for about two years, you probably know how much I love this game. Uh, and But that being said... That was the most stressful, anxiety-driven playthrough I've ever experienced. There's a couple of interesting parts to that, though, because I played on Light Plus, which I think is the second easiest difficulty, because I think there's another one called Very Light. Maybe you can't do that on Permadeath, I can't remember, but I ended up playing on Light, which is one of the easiest difficulty levels. And there was two elements that were colliding in a very interesting way while I was playing this game. Because I was killing enemies quite easily. Apart from the Rat King, that still took a bit of doing. But it was like when there's clickers around or a runner that would like be jumping all over me. and that, Or, or like a bloater that would be throwing its explosive spores or whatever. And the two interesting elements that were colliding for me that made this a very interesting playthrough was I would get into a chapter, right? I'd be 20, 30 minutes in and it would say at the bottom, restart chapter 30 minutes back. And although I was killing the enemies very easily, the thought that like if I make a mistake or run out of ammo or get too close to a clicker or a clicker comes up behind me and just, you know, that's it, especially from a clicker. I go 30 minutes back. So it's sort of. Okay this this area is easy to get through. Because these enemies are on like very low. Um, 
like health because it's on light. But if I mess up or I do something like... Because I died like six times just from falling off of ledges. <laughs> it was really dumb. Um, and I felt so annoyed with myself when I'd fall off a ledge. Because there was actually parts in this game where I'd go through two or three set pieces and be like... Alright, I know once I cross this bridge, like literally, there's literally a part with a bridge that you cross. I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, some of you, if you've played the game, you're not. I'm talking about... Um, I went through two or three set pieces and I was like, okay, wasn't too bad. Again, bit anxiety driven because there's clickers and bloaters and things like that around. And what if I put down an explosive of mine and I get too close to it and that blows me up, sets me back 30 minutes. There was literally an occasion, no, two occasions where I went through three set pieces of like enemies and like, oh, got through all them. Good. And then I'd walk along a plank or something and then just fall off. Or <laughs> just fall off. That's it. 30 minutes back. Got to do three set pieces again. Um, I've never had so much anxiety like traversing on a game before. Um, And I was getting caught out by the stupidest of things. Like I would get caught out by an enemy right. Because I ran the wrong way. Or because I forgot that there was like a box on the left and I should have ran to the right and I got caught by a clicker or something and I get caught and I would say to myself okay that's not the game being bad that's just me being really dumb me being really stupid because every time I die from something I'd, I'd immediately go I know what mistake I made and it was such an easy one to avoid but it's a very very interesting playthrough because yeah there's certain enemies where I didn't have any problems and I would shoot an enemy a couple of times or I'd have like a couple of bullets a couple of shots in some enemies they were dead and I would move on I'd be like oh that was pretty easy but then I'd still think like what if I walk into a trap area what if I fall off of something <laughs> um, but I still love this game and the good thing is I mean even if this game gets like a PS5 version or something with separate trophies I'm never ever doing permadeath on this game ever again um, I, 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 I never need to do it again because I've got the trophy now. But I never ever need to do that ever again. Um, and even if we get to like PlayStation Six or something, and they decide like, hey, we're gonna remaster or remake Last of Us Two, um, I probably actually won't go for that trophy. Um, yeah, because I, I can't do that again. <laughs> I can't go through that again. But um. What's interesting now is when I decide... Because I, I, I thought to myself... Okay, once I get through this permadeath playthrough... Should I keep going? And... Um, like, push, keep pushing through... Do the grounded one as well. And I started the save file for the grounded one. Got through the first couple of cutscenes. And I'm like... You know what? I'm just going to leave this for now. Just for now. I've been through this big experience with this game. Uh, I just need to, I just need to play something else at the moment. I love this game still... But do you know what I mean? That that was it was a lot. That was a lot to deal with. And the interesting thing for the grounded one is it completely swaps that scenario around because I've got checkpoints that are better and I can save the game. You can't save the game on, on permadeath because uh, it gives you auto save spots. Um so on the grounded one, which obviously I won't do on permadeath, you can do grounded and permadeath. If if you do that and you succeed, you can get you get all the praise from me. Um, but I'm going to do Grounded No Permadeath next. So just some point later. I just need to push that to later. <laughs> like maybe the summer or something. 
the game's going to be significantly harder but the checkpoints will be a lot better so it's the complete reversal of the situation where the checkpoints were bad but the game was easier now the game's going to be harder but the checkpoints will be much better so it will kind of be just as hard i suppose but hard in a in in literally the complete opposite way um but i i, I can't do that right now <laughs> i'm enjoying the medium I'm going to keep playing the medium. Uh, and I don't need to like force myself to, to play another stressful game situation. So yeah, that'll be interesting when that does happen. So we'll see about all of that. Anyway, that's what I've got to talk about this week. Um, by the way, the story for The Last of Us 2. Oh, just so good. So, so good. Gameplay, so, so good. Characters, so, so good. Um, there, there's a reason it's got 300 Game of the Year awards. <laughs> you know, so... Uh, yeah, I've I've seen that story back to front so many times that I like I almost know that story like the back of my hand, which obviously is a is a saying. Um, that story is really damn good. I'm just gonna just gonna say that. So anyway, that's it for that. Uh, let's do some housekeeping, and then we'll get into some uh, interesting news. See you for all that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up koalu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for koalu and the amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad free versions of entertainment talks podcast and support us along the way you can simply sign up over on our patreon page you can sign up either as a creator or as a patron there's no difference there for the time being and you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month, so one TV show or film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, as of a few hours ago really, I uh, did the United Cast episode. This was talking about May United's 4-0 defeat away in the Premier League against Brighton. Yes, that's a real scoreline. It actually happened. Wish it didn't, but it did. Uh, so there's that episode. Also today, went to see, had a busy day today, uh, went to see uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Gave that a must-see rating. So you can check out that. If you've not seen the film, you can still check out 
the first half of that, which is spoiler-free at the start. So there's that episode. Over on Better Call Saul, me and David are still covering that. We're up to Season 6, Episode 4. Um, and that is continuing weekly. So we got that going on. Uh, over on the other MCU content, we've got the uh, Season 1 review for Moon Knight. I gave that a don't skip rating. Again, first half of that is spoiler-free if you've not seen the six episodes. So there's all that stuff that was good to do. Over on the chat podcast for this month, talked about April of 2022, how it went for the month of ent- for entertainment talk. Uh, talked about gender education, um, abortion, obviously that's a topic at the moment in America because America decided to be stupid again. Um, and talked about some behind the scenes and mental health updates, so there's all of that. Uh, got the 3-0 United win podcast against Brighton, that's the other United cast episode. Last week's gaming talk episode also talked about uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 being officially announced by Infinity Ward and Call of Duty. So we talked a bit about that. Uh, Seafood update, Dying Light 2 update, and also talked about our predictions for the Microsoft and Bethesda games showcase. Uh, over on Netflix, I did my second season review for, uh, these, for the second season, obviously. Uh, for Russian Doll gave that a must-see rating. Again, first half is spoiler-free. Over on uh, Analyzing Television, David joined me for this episode. And we talked about the Netflix situation with what's going on over there. Uh, and that's everything we've been doing recently on EntertainmentTalk.org and on podcast platforms. Uh, let's get into... I've only got two bits of news, as I mentioned. Let's get into some news. Alright, so uh, let's start off with our, with our big headline, this Bobby uh, Kotich thing that's going on. I need to make my screen brighter so I can actually see it, so I can read what I've got in front of me. That would be good, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, uh, so there's a different lawsuit that's, that's going on at the moment. Because if you remember, there was a lawsuit a month or so ago towards Activision, which I think they paid off. Um, I think we spoke about that before. What happened with that uh, lawsuit? If we didn't, let us know, and we'll uh, bring that one up. But um, there's a separate lawsuit going on. Um, this one is still against Activision, but more. Uh, it's specifically targeting Bobby Kotich, of course, who's the current. CEO, who's a very nasty person to say the least. So it says, News, uh, New York City is suing Activision saying Bobby Kotich was unfit to negotiate the Microsoft deal, the $68 billion purchase, and that uh, the deal was rushed to get him out, to get him and the board out of danger of lawsuits over how they handled misconduct at the company. And it says in the headline, New York sues uh, Activision targeting CEO Bob Kotich. Um, this is an interesting one because this isn't just suing the company. This one's targeting him more specifically. Um, I have a kind of—I mean, I'm not all up to date with like how lawsuits and stuff like that work. We we read what we have, you know, on the show when we've talked about lawsuits a number of times before. Um, and you know, I watch Better Call Saul, but that doesn't really like, you know, educate me that much on law. Obviously, that's contained within that show. Um, I wonder if. It's interesting that this is targeting 
Bobby Kotick, but it's still a lawsuit against Activision. Why couldn't they just sue... Because can't Bobby himself... I'm not going to say his full name every time, I don't need to. Can't um, Bobby get sued, like, just him for... Well, all, all the bad stuff that's happened? Um... That's kind of my question. Why, why does the lawsuit... Because you're already... I can't remember who it was before that tried to sue Activision. But... That's already been attempted. But... See, I, I, this is what I talk about with, like, bad companies and things. I've mentioned it with, like, Konami. I've mentioned it with Warner Brothers. I've mentioned it with Bethesda. I've mentioned it with Activision. You know, the list goes on. The names of these companies, so Warner Brothers, Activision, Konami, they're just names. They have names for different reasons, obviously. But instead of targeting the company itself, which is just a name that's got people in charge of it, why don't you try to specifically target these like CEOs and the, the, these executives and bad people that are in charge of things? Because... Surely that makes the lawsuit worse for that specific person. Maybe that's exactly what this is. And I'm kind of misreading the situation. Again I'm not a lawyer or a law type of person. Um, But it's saying that here that they're suing Activision. But targeting him. Um, And obviously it says like unfit for the the Microsoft deal. Um, Because how I've kind of looked at this. This whole Microsoft deal. And I've kind of mentioned this a little bit before. There's obviously the um, sexual harassment situations. There is the workplace, just general conditions situation. You know, they described it before as like the frat boy attitude. Uh, So not just the sexual misconduct, even though that's already horrible within itself. That's just not the only thing that's been happening. Um, There's like terrible workplace conditions. I've read read different stories and stuff. I actually read a story uh, from somebody that I think used to be at Activision. Can't remember this person's name. This was a while ago when when the sexual allegations were all coming out a few months ago. And she was saying that she tried to introduce this thing called cake time. Uh, kind of self-explanatory. It got to a specific point in the day. Um, and it was, hey, let's take a quick break for what, like 15 minutes have, well, Americans like coffee, don't they? Probably coffee and like a slice of cake. Have a chat, have a little bit of a break. And after this had happened for a few days, maybe a few, I think it's a few weeks or something. She got told to stop doing it. Um, which leads back more to crunch. And I've spoke about crunch before and how, like, you know, to me it's just, okay, what can I do as a gamer who, you know, rents these games or buys some of these games and, you know, supports these devs? It's just if you've got a hard... If you've got a dev who you know has been working hard or a development team, like the the TT Games example recently, um, instead of being like, nah, I'm not going to get that game because I don't want to, like, put money in the bad people's pockets... I look at it as like, no, I want to put the money in there and support the team that's worked hard on this game that looks like something I will enjoy. Because to do the opposite doesn't make sense to me. But to do things like take away break times and stuff, that that that's like a different element within Crunch. That's like a extra element within that. Because Crunch to me, the, the basic levels of Crunch to me means working really, really late. Or like falling asleep at your desk because you've been working on whatever game development stuff you've been doing till like three in the morning or you know, whatever it's been and you fall asleep at your desk because you've literally you've been working for like 18 hours or something 
Um, that's like a basic level of crunch. There's other stuff that goes into that, which is like limiting break times and you know all, all those sorts of other things, which is like the worst parts of those. Um, but again, it's about getting rid of these CEOs and stuff. And um, as I mean, again, there's multiple there's multiple issues here with the Activision thing. You've got the sexual allegations. You've got the workplace poor workplace. Um, uh, conditions so again the frat boy attitude and whatnot and i would even add a third element and i joked about this a little bit on twitter but i don't not i'm not looking at it as a i mean i didn't you know it wasn't a serious joke it was just kind of a what whatever um i meant it as like a half joke i, I suppose um I, I i i am surprised i mean i know that you know sexual allegations very serious stuff bad workplace environment very serious stuff but this mis this uh, studio mismanagement from Activision is that must be affecting something, right? Like if you're a dev at Toys for Bob and Vicarious Visions, and you're working on like Crash and Spyro, and then you get told we want you to move to be a support dev team for COD Warzone, and then you think, oh, when I come in on Monday, I won't be working on Crash. I'll be working on like. Not even main. It wasn't even main COD support. It was support for Warzone. And I'm a big COD fan, as you would know if you listened to this for a bit of time. That sounds boring to me. Like it, because um, if someone said like, "Hey Matt, do you want to go and work on like a uh, make a new gun for COD or make a, a map?" cod or make up a new game mode those sound really cool because then you can go into a room and start doing brainstorming and be like hey where can we put the containers and the buildings and can we put you know where are we going to put the vehicles and the, the, the bomb centers and you know that stuff sounds really cool or like oh we're going to make an assault rifle okay what's the iron sights going to look like how quickly is it going to reload what's the animations for it going to be like how well is it going to shoot is it going to have too much recoil and you figure that stuff out I don't know if that is the exact process, but you get what I mean. That stuff sounds fun to work on. Um, but if it's just like, hey, can you sort this bit of code out? Because, like, whatever. Um, that is, like... <laughs> and that stuff has to be done, obviously, the coding and making sure things work and all that kind of stuff. But um, when someone says a support dev for Warzone, that sounds like one of the most boring jobs in game development right now uh because that's probably like make sure the this battle path works and stuff i don't know what that would specifically be but it's not like designing a new map or a new gun or like can we uh come up with a new animation for a new execution from a from a different operator that stuff is sounds cool or especially on the writing side like hey what are we going to have happen next in the story who's going to live who's going to die what's the next set piece going to be like in the story for, for obviously the campaign or like even on the vanguard and cold uh, cold war side like zombie stuff what are the zombies going to look like how fast are they going to be how quickly do they attack the players what's the map going to be like that sounds more fun but aside that that aside going from like Hey, what levels are we gonna have in this crash game to support dev for uh, Warzone? Um, you gotta want like you gotta wonder what that's like, right? Especially for uh, which one was it last? I've actually lost track of where some of Activision's dev teams are. 
Uh, is it Vicarious Visions we mentioned last? It was either Vicarious Visions or Toys for Bob. And they got moved from Crash to COD Warzone support to Blizzard games. So you could potentially be going from Crash to COD Warzone support to what? Overwatch 2 or something? That's not anything better. Like, has that been? Because I, I think that there's three elements to this. Which is the sexual harassment stuff. The bad workplace environment. And a little bit less severe. Or a lot less severe. But the studio mismanagement. I'm telling you that that's, that's got to be an issue. When you're moving so many teams onto one thing. Because um, it does make me wonder like. Okay what happened with this crash. Uh, Wumper League thing. Like, Who is actually making that then? Because um, Beanox, Toys for Bob, Vicarious Visions, who were involved in Crash Remastered, Crash Team Racing Remastered, and Crash 4, have all been moved. So who is working on what? Who is working on a hypothetical Spyro 4? You know, um, maybe maybe some of them still are, but they're doing like support work on COD or or I don't know. It's again, they've made this situation very very bad. Um, and Bobby Kotich is the guy that's at the top of of the tree, um, and he needs to be get, gotten rid of. Um, lawsuits obviously can be a, a, a separate, obviously a separate issue. But my hope, as I mentioned before, is that this um, takeover from Microsoft happens as soon as possible. They get rid of Bobby Kotich if it means they pay him whatever hundreds of whatever money um i mean you're just making a rich guy richer like it doesn't really make that much difference to him um he just has more money like it's not like you've made a poor ceo who's a bad person a rich bad ceo you know like he's already rich so whatever pay him whatever is in his stupid contract because contracts are stupid get him out the door and resort this studio thing um, kick out any of the employees that are causing, or any of the any of the employees or executives that are causing the issues, whether it's the workplace conditions or obviously the sexual harassment stuff. And you got you got a clean house and do again. That's what you got to do. So, um, we'll see what happens with uh with all of that. So there we go. But um, those that are good at Activision, which I know that there's some good teams out there. You know, there's Infinity Ward, Toys for Bob, Vicarious Visions, Beanox. Um, those are some of the ones that obviously I I am aware of, um, and even though I'm not a fan of like Vanguard and um, Cold War, obviously I'm wishing uh, Sledgehammer, Treyarch, um, the best as well. So, because uh, hopefully they can, yeah, keep doing their, their their good work that they're doing as well. So there we go. Have to see have to see what happens with all this again with the takeover happening and the lawsuits. These things are going to take a bit of time. So we all update when we've got something. There we go. Uh, let's move on to some more fun stuff, shall we? Um, where is my thing for this? Right. So there's a game that was called uh, Deliver Us the Moon. And I played some of this game. And then I stopped playing it a few years ago. I can't remember why I stopped playing it. I can't even remember if I was renting it or... It was a PS Plus game. I can't remember how I was even playing it. But it was on PS4. It was on Xbox as well I'm pretty sure. Um, It was basically this game. At least the part that I played of it. 
called um, Deliver Us the Moon, where you would go into this like space station, you'd put on a well space suit, obviously, and you would try to start up your uh, rocket ship thing that you've got that you're going to get away from this place from. And you're on a bit of a timer at a certain point. I think there's like a switch you put on at some point and you, you're on a timer. You get into this spaceship. Uh, sorry, not spaceship. This uh, rocket ship. And um, you take off. It was quite good. Uh, that was only the first like 20 minutes of the game. I cannot remember what happened after that. I can't remember if I landed this particular um, rocket ship. Or... If you did, I don't think the game. I can't remember what happened after that, but uh, I remember the game. I remember the game. It was a third-person one, and it was from what I played of it, it was quite good. I just don't remember why I stopped playing it or what happened afterwards. So, yeah. But anyway, I got the rocket ship to take off, and that was fun. Um, there is a, a sequel uh, coming up called Deliver Us Mars, uh, which obviously this one takes place on Mars, Mars instead of this uh, space station type thing. Uh, again, you may have landed on Mars in the original game, or the, probably the moon, because it says deliver us the moon, but I can't remember those parts from the original game. Uh, and it says here, uh, take a look behind the scenes at PS4, PS5, PS4 title, Deliver Us Mars, uh, which the developer says is inspired by Last of Us Part 2, uh, or Last of Us 2. And then it says, Last of Us 2 inspires uh, Deliver Us Mars in PS5, PS4 dev diary. So I've not seen the specific dev, dev diary. But I looked up a bit of a glimpse of gameplay of Deliver Us Mars. And yeah, it looks similar to Deliver Us the Moon, uh, which is fine. Uh, obviously, you've got a different setting and everything. Oops, sorry about that. Uh, got a different setting and everything. Um, I guess it's got some Last of Us 2 things going on, I suppose. Theme-wise, maybe, yeah. Not setting, obviously, this is sci-fi um, with, with space and everything. Um... And there's no, like, you know, surviving a cult that's trying to kill you or, you know, trying to fight zombies or anything. Um, unless the game takes a bit of a turn. Um, but there's, yeah. I mean, maybe you can't see it on the screen, Last of Us 2 inspirations. But there's a couple of themes. That you could, Like, survival is is a theme there. Uh, just in a diff- bit of a different genre and a different setting. I would say from what I saw from the glimpse of gameplay... This is reminds me a little bit also of Death Stranding. Those points, not obviously not obviously not the weird, wonderful stuff that Kojima puts in like his touch because nobody else really sort of does that. Um, but just the kind of uh, walking around on um, on Mars, and you do a lot of walking around weird places on Death Stranding. So I kind of got a bit of that from it. I don't know if you deliver packages like you do in Death Stranding. Um, but those are the two games I got a gist of that from. So that was pretty good. Um, yeah, that is that is that. So uh, be interested to play this. Um, maybe I'll play the rest of the other one. I don't know. But then, you know, I, I got the ship to take off. And I was kind of happy with that being my ending, I suppose. So I don't know. I don't know if I need to return to the other game per se. Um, but sure, I'll, I'll, I'll give uh, Deliver Us Mars a bit of a look when it comes out. Um, and we'll see what uh, happens with um with all of that. So those are those are there, those pieces of news and everything. That's actually everything I've got for today. 
a bit of a shorter episode. Uh, we do have some feedback and stuff, but I'll wait until Robert comes back and we can answer those questions properly and everything. Again, thank you to everybody who gets involved with stuff. Uh, very much appreciated. Um, but yeah, I'll leave all the feedback and everything. Um, and there were some other little bits of news I, I came across. There was... Um, what's this game called? Uh, Themesia. Th- I looked up about 10 seconds of this game, maybe 30 seconds. It's another Souls-like type of game, so that's not really going to be for me. It looks good, it just... I don't want games with cycles anymore, as I mentioned with um, Returnal. So I'm sure the game will be alright. It looked okay from the gameplay, but that was a glimpse of that that I saw, so that was interesting. Um, anyway, that's it from me for today. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. I just thought I'd whip up a little a little episode. Although we've been going 45 minutes already. So, um, thought I'd whip up a little episode and, uh, go from there. Uh, but we'll be back with a big episode next week. I got something very fun planned. Haven't actually told Robert yet what it is because I only figured it out a few days ago. So, it's something which, uh, I'll give a little bit of a fun hint. It's something that I'm surprised I haven't done yet on the Gaming Talk podcast. But something that very much fits it. Um, I've not quite finished putting it all together, but there's something I'm going to be doing in next week's show, and hopefully there'll be uh, somebody else with me and Robert as well. Got to talk to a few people, so I'll see what happens with all that. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to write into the show for the next week's episode, of course, uh, which will be episode 300, um, you can do that by writing in to matthewentertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, there's a big email box uh, on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes. So those are some options as to how to get in touch. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, games, films, main night podcast. Check all of it out or the ones that you want to check out. So find all those. Uh, you can tell people that you know about the website and the podcast either by just telling them or using social media. So they listen to the episodes, you know, tell other people, all that good stuff. You can do that as well. Uh, Patreon $1, $3 level tiers, add free podcast review options. Take a look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, if you're TV and your film news, speaking of um, uh, David, who I think I mentioned earlier. I may or may not have mentioned him. But anyway, go check out David's uh, TV and news uh, website, which is geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio. Uh, those episodes come out on Tuesdays, so look out for those. Uh, Bex, uh, it's her birthday today. I think I mentioned that at the start. I've just done like three episodes almost back to back, so forgive me if I'm forgetting certain things. Because <laughs> um, I've just done like um, Doctor Strange, Football, and now this. So, yeah, but go and wish Bex a happy birthday. She's got about two hours left of it, so uh, go and do that. Uh, you can find her streams and Twitter posts and Instagram posts and everything. Just search for Trista, B Y T E S, across all those three platforms. Of course, her Twitch streams, check all those out. All that good stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitch if you'd like to at uh, eTalkUK over there. And if you've missed any of those streams uh, or the game clips, you can find all of them archived over on YouTube, which is Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Thanks for listening, and goodbye.